the grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. Welcome to the summers of your youth, the golden age of global warming. My name is Ian Higgins and I'm joined by Sam Perry, live in studio. Pez, good afternoon, good morning, good evening and good night to you. Great to see you in person, Higgins. Fantastic. As mate. ever, wonderful eyes, wonderful body. <laughs> uh, and, shall we say, and, and hello to all the listeners out there, yep. we're back. Uh, kicking off the season. Mm. Is it early? Possibly. But we want to be ahead of this first T20, first men's T20 against Sri Lanka. Try and set the scene a little bit for this very important uh, creative project that we undertake. Uh, very setting, important. setting the agenda of, very uh, of cricket important. around the world. Yeah. Um, that's an ambitious statement. We should also uh, acknowledge that Dave isn't here. Um, uh, you know, huge part of this group. He got married on Saturday. Yeah, he's on honeymoon. He's on honeymoon uh, in Byron Bay. No yeah. doubt listening to this on repeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave, if you are listening to this, which yeah. I'm sure you're not, yeah. um, you know, say Mark Warren's a donkey called Bully Boy on <laughs> 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 <And> WhatsApp. <laughs> um, check it out. Some of it, it's the best content. Mark Warren's Twitter content's the best content. Um, which um, I didn't think we'd say at the top of this show, but it's true. Pez, you question what stage of the summer we're in and club cricket's been playing. It's like round four or five true. or three or one mm. of them. You um, know exactly what it is. It's three. Ex- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mel- Oh, fancy game this afternoon. <laughs> uh, get down to training after this. Um, so, yeah, people are right into the swing of things, but the cricket season seems a little bit wait. Like the test season doesn't start until November. There's a T20 on um, Sunday against Sri Lanka, which the nation has been gripped for because it's mm. that in-between season where the footy finals are finished. Changeover season. It's a changeover season, Sam. And, you know, there's a bit of horse racing, I suppose, if that's your, if that's your, if, if that's your thing. Mm. Um, I don't know what the sports are on, I guess, international sports. But, yeah, cricket is like it's you're playing it, but it's not on TV just yet. Mm. So um, how excited are you for three uh, T20s against Sri Lanka? <laughs> well, this is the thing, like the cool thing to say would be like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll tune, I'll tune you around Boxing Day. You know, yeah. that's when I tune in, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that should be good. I mean, I suppose like it's – we were going to talk about like what like what, what the fuck is this summer? Mate, what is the summer? What is yeah, the summer that's kind of what, what I'm is getting cr- at. Because like with Australian cricket, I feel like it's been in like such short-termism for like the last – couple of years. Mm. I mean, stretching back to like even the tour to India in 2017, like there's always been a big test series on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a big test series on the horizon, there's a big crisis on the horizon mm-hmm. uh, with sandpaper. Those are my favourite. They beat England in the Ashes 4-0 in Australia and then sandpaper happened. Mm-hmm. Everything changed. They started reckoning with 40 years of being assholes. Mm-hmm. That's, no, I was going to say that's the word they used. It wasn't. It's my word, but mm. it's true. Mm-hmm. And so we were dealing with that. Then there was the small matter of the World Cup in the UK into the ashes in the UK where there was you know, sort of 20 years to fix up, you know, of, of failure there to fix up. They did that. And now it feels like for the first time in a while in mm. Australian cricket there's a little bit of breathing space. Mm. So we're going to see sort of, uh, you know, Kevin Roberts's leadership come to the fore. We're going to see, uh, I guess we will see conversation about whether Smith will be, you know, resume the captaincy once Tim Payne is done. Mm. I think we're going to see a lot of T20 focus, a lot of big bash focus. We've got the T20 World Cup here. Um, and I guess, I guess we've got like Pakistan and New Zealand coming out <laughs> and I feel like, you know, for the first time in a while, Australians can be looking forward to hopefully guys just scoring bulk hundreds forever. 
can Australia rebuild its Death Star? You know, can we finally achieve the zenith of getting back to John Howard era politics and sport where we just yeah. lie back, watch guys hit hundreds, take fifers, uh, win games easily and just feel safe amongst ourselves again? Mm. Uh, that, that's that's my primer for the summer. Okay, so first of all, for Matt Wade is first name of the team sheet is what you're saying, and uh, <laughs> we're hoping for five test matches on the MCG. I would have thought so. Yeah, flat Matt, wickets, boring cricket, a lot of conversation about whether the game's dying at that level and yeah. whether T20 is going to be, you know, yeah, king. It's, it's funny because like so much of what's great about test cricket in Australia is it's it's on in that Christmas period. I'm thinking specifically the Melbourne and the SCG test matches when it's just on in the background and you're mm. drifting out from the kitchen. You know, you're having your second day turkey, all that mm. kind of stuff, and it's just mm. on. And I guarantee that like Steve Smith's just going to be batting throughout this entire fucking yeah. summer. I think like, it's it, a fair guarantee. It's just you're just drifting out. It's just on. What's the score? What's, they, it, what's they, he on? Are they on a thousand yet? Mm. They hit a thousand. Is Warner out. Mm. Warner <laughs> playing? Yeah. Was he? Not 206. Oh, jeez, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Better than Brabant. Sure, not sure about that technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Try bowling his pads. Mm. Um, yeah. Mate, it, it's, Are you talking to yourself as you say uh, this, like walking back into the kitchen? Mate, I didn't actually know we ever broadcasted these conversations until just recently, <laughs> um, which was quite alarming uh, to me. But um, yeah, mate, uh, that, that, is, that is the story of the summer, isn't it? I mean, because we'll try and create narration. I mean, this is now our job. So, um, you know, we'll try and find some humour and it'll be mostly in Pakistan collapses, which are inevitable. Mm. But, you know, like Pakistan coming out first, just to even skip past the, the T20s, which are coming up on the, you know, I... I yeah, yeah, do yeah. it. Um, you know, without Muhammad Amir bowling, you know that left arm thing of like a threat because Steve Smith kind of looked didn't look great against um, Sam Curran. Thank you, Sam Curran. Yeah, uh, you know, so maybe that was a thing. Nah, he's retired from mm. from Test cricket. Um, had had a few years off there in the middle of his career as well. But yeah. um, uh, so like, there's not even that. You know, it's, it's it's not a strong Pakistan team coming out. Australia like. The bowling attack's rampant. Everyone scores runs in Australia. So what's the story? It's just mm. like, can Steve Smith bat in a summer without getting out? That's the story that I just made. Yeah, I think it is from a test cricket point of view. And also, can I ask, like, you know, provocatively, is that what we want? I say yes. I, I think there's been, there's been enough controversy for the last couple of years. Yeah. Let me lie back, eat my second day turkey. Yeah. Have more beers than I need to have. Mm. Put on a fair bit of weight that mm-hmm. I don't need to put on, mm. and just think about how good Smith is. Yeah. You know, on, on a serious note, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Muhammad Amir and stuff. I mean, it is funny. Like, in, even in saying that we presume Australia is just going to score a thousand runs, that's already a step back to us just presuming that we just destroy everyone. <laughs> like Australia has been reasonably poor over <laughs> the last couple of years. I'm like, oh, no, we're just gonna, now that we've got Smith, we're just going to score a thousand runs. But I think part of that is also. It was mentioned to me the other day, like, I think there is a question about um, needing to improve the standard of, like, test wickets in Australia. Oh, yeah. Because I think that in the past, Australian test wickets actually threw up a little bit of variety. Historically speaking, before the drop-in era, apart from Adelaide, which probably could be a bit benign, the SCG turned, the MCG could seem a little bit wacker as the wacker. That at Perth actually, you know, held up uh, their end of the bargain there. Queensland always does a little bit. But now... They, they, they're flat, they're dead, and mm. if they're not, it's Perth and it's bouncy and in mm. Australia's favour. But, like, they need to kind of – I hope that there's some spice in the wickets because we are going to just watch a lot of, like, boring cricket. Test cricket in Australia can be boring unless there's oh. spice. 
Mate, I was just thinking about like that that India South Africa series where like India just bat and it's just like every time a team goes over there, that's all they do. Like yeah. the West Indies there a couple of two, a year ago, two years ago, and they just bat at six hundred consistently, yeah. and it's grim. It's the same in Australia. India win the toss and bats like oh there'll be a declaration tomorrow around <laughs> tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they just spin them out, mm. and it's just like that's not fun to watch. But mm. like a co- cricket economies are based on like home series, home test series wins. Mm. It's not good for business if your team loses at home, like Australia did last year, but it didn't really count because mm. we didn't have the best players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't count. It didn't count. This this summer counts Mm. for two. Mm. Um, And, you know, obviously the the Test Championship points will be important moving forward. um, You're grinning at me as you say that. We want to get into the playoffs or however it works. (laughs) (laughs) What's the system? Yeah. McIntyre system? What's going on? (laughs) You're genuinely asking me now, aren't you? I don't know. So it's Sri Lanka on Sunday, right? (laughs) Um, I I think, but, you know, I can see what's going to happen is that, like, the the selection issues – it's like which team are they going to pick to smash everyone? That's going to be the, one of yeah. the biggest things. And I think one of the best case scenarios is that we uh, afford the Wonderkind uh, yeah. that we thought we were going to get last year. In it's probably going to be Wolf Bukowski, mm. and he's going to score runs, and he's going to he's the future. And he's going to play 150 yeah. test matches. Also, but so it should be. Like, yeah, yeah. you could put a, like a cynical PR spin on it and go, okay, well, we need some narrative this summer. So, yeah, like as they say on the Hello Sport podcast, like we need a generational throbber. Mm-hmm. Probably do need a new one to come in. But yeah. you should do it during your home summer where the wickets are a little bit more familiar against opposition that aren't as, you know, proficient as, say, India were coming here last year without our two best players. Uh, so, yeah, like, what a great opportunity to, to get Pekovsky in. But mm. then again, you know, one of the other themes of this summer, he goes, is, uh, and I don't know if maybe this is too idealistic, but, like, Greg Chappell has retired. He is off the scene mm. of Australian cricket. In the bin. And Greg Chappell has been the lightning rod. He's been the, the, the you know, the pallbearer for picking young guys who, and we will talk to Dan Christian later, mm-hmm. but who have basically had a good net. Yeah. Uh, and... Mm. Will we see a reinvestment? Good net. A good, it's got to be good. Good net. Good net. <laughs> uh, will we see a reinvestment in like mm. domestic cricket? You know, mm. will we see people getting? Will we see reinvestment in grade cricket? Mm. You know, dare you say? Will we see a few older people mm. on the scene, which would kind of count against Bukowski? You know, should like there's a great piece from Gideon Haig this morning, uh, saying that like if you actually go through the data of first class cricket, of mm. like the stats of Shield cricket or data. Or data, or data, you know, as they call Sarah Ganguly, big data. <laughs> it's really data. weird seeing Sachin Tendulkar call him data on Twitter. <laughs> big data. Happy birthday, data. Yeah. Is your Twitter feed just Indian cricketers saying happy birthday to each other? Mate, that's one of the best. <laughs> yeah, say work time 50 <laughs> yeah, the other day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that and memes. Yeah. yeah, cat memes. Easiest, yeah. I, I think we should start doing just say Let's just say happy birthday, hashtag Collie, see what happens. Yeah. Anyway. Let's try and get in that market. Yeah, get in the market. Yeah. Yeah. A little slice market. of the pie. Anyway. Pez, when you were having well, a good net, what, what, what sort of things were like, I used to... Like call out the amount of runs that I had like nicked. Oh uh, yeah, you know, for instance, because uh, I was, I, I spent my entire life and career, in, you know, if you can use the word career for a hobby mm. that I paid to play. You can't, um, but I just did. Um, yeah, just just to try and make people laugh or myself because I was bored most of the time and I was angry at myself for still playing oh, into my late twenties. I'm lot, still talking. A lot going on there. Yeah, I'm glad you're here actually. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I used to, yeah, I, I I was famously a horrible netter, really bad at netting. Right. Um, and, uh, but so I would get through that with humor, with dark humor mm-hmm, by like, by nicking off the first slip or the keeper and just be like, runs, save him. Got three. It, got it. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Third you, man saved it. Oh, I came back for the round quick between the wickets. You used humor as a coping mechanism. I always have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And continue to do Except it. for this project. Yeah. That's, this is a serious project. Yeah. Uh, are you saying what sort of netter was I? Well, have you been on my social lately? 
Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I have. Yeah. yeah. You know it's my screensaver. Yeah. It's in my favourites tab. Well, most leg spinners will um, are, are good netters. That's their thing. They're great net bowlers. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's nets there to protect you against the pain of watching the ball <laughs> sail away. So, so, so every it's time some, net. somebody pulls you, and it invariably is a pull shot into the net. It's like, no, 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 that was a yeah. sweeper there. Sweeper. Yeah. No, no, that was a flat six yeah. uh, into the third. <laughs> There's something about pulling the ball into the net where, like, you know if you're the puller of the ball, you're like, that's gone for six. But yeah. there's something about the way it hits a net, whether it's a soft net or, like, a hard uh, sort of metal net. Yeah. It's just hard to envisage it going for six, I think, like because yeah. the ball just plops back next to yeah. you. So, like, well, I, I, you know, I didn't see it, so it didn't happen. You know the thing where, like, you play, let's say, a cover drive and you didn't get it, like, you squirted mm. a bit, but it rockets into the mm. net and it's like the balls will call out shot. Mm. Mm. I, like, were you ever honest to me, like, didn't get it? Did not, it was always, not it was always in reverse, but that's and that's why everyone just tries to hit the ball straight in the net so you can actually see how far it goes. I was always yeah. trying to hit the guys warring back to their mark in the yeah. ankles. Were you? Not yeah, you. yeah. I was not popular at my club. Mm. I played at seven different clubs. Mm. Apparently, bowlers, according to Jimmy Anderson, are going to have to bowl in helmets because of how uh, quick the ball rockets back. Yeah, true, true. So anyway, yeah, they probably have to pick Pukowski. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that that will be a story, and I think the other like men's cricket story, I should say it like that, yeah. Uh, is um yeah, will be the captaincy one with Steve Smith, and I think it's a genuine question. Like, I I, mm. I do think it's a genuine question, and all I would say in relation to Smith Smith and captaincy is what would we do if there was a legitimately viable alternative? Like if there was somebody else in the side who had all the kind of um, the rest of the criteria to be captain, was a batsman, let's just call that out, a batter mm. with a high average who could hold their place in the side with a lot of leadership experience and was kind of had an opportunity to do it for sort of, uh, you know, six plus years, which is what we want yeah. them to be. Yeah. Then what would the conversation around Smith be? Because I think yeah. half of the Smith conversation is, uh, there's not really anyone else, is there? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like the hypothetical and I'll go with it. But it is a bit like what if my auntie was my uncle, you know, because, mm, okay. like, there isn't anyone else. Like, like Cummins would be the guy. Mm. Well, I guess it's a way of but kind of highlighting, like, the valid reasons for making Smith captain. He's going to be captain, though, right? Mm, okay. He is. He mm. is going to be captain. Am I it right? Seemed, I think it seems like the path is being softened up for that. Did you think that, like, during the Ashes that it was going to be worse, his comeback, and, and Warner's comeback, and Bang? Like, they were all playing in the first test match that they were available to pick. They were, they yeah. were all picked, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, they're just playing cricket again. Because, like, in my mind, I think I had a, I think I had a bet going, actually, with, with, like, one of my mates being like, oh, Warner will never play again. Because, like, when I, I like the – it's the council culture, which I subscribe to. Yeah, great. Yeah. It was I like, like council no, culture. No, he made a mistake. Yeah. Therefore, he will never do the thing that he loves doing again. So that's, that's what I really – that's what I thought was going to happen. But then, like, of course, as time passes by, it's just like, oh, yeah, he'll just play. Yeah, he just play. He's his best player. We just play. Yeah. So Smith will just be captain. He would just be. He would be captain, and it'd be like, oh yeah, uh, it's normal. It is funny. Like you always just live life through the immediacy of everything. Now, like when Smith wasn't playing, it's like, oh, will he be able to make it back? And then, like, since he's got a hundred, like, yeah, he's in the side. I can't mm. remember what happened five days ago. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like honestly, like what, yeah. like what was the result uh, yeah. in uh, like Old Trafford again? Like, yeah. 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 Falau was good in the World Cup, wasn't he? <laughs> Hello, Melbourne listeners. You know what I'm talking about. Trade radio. <laughs> this is trade radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I just think Smith will be captain. I just, yeah. But I mean, so is this going to be Payne's last summer? He's got 100 the other day. I don't know. I, I really like that he, like, so many people just wrote him off, like, nah, you know, look, I think it's time for him to go. It's like, uh, the guy is like, yeah. It's a wonderful story for him. Ten years in the wilderness, yeah. recovering from a broken finger that's still broken, yeah. assumes a test captaincy in like strange circumstances, mm. has done a wonderful job with it. That's not a CA line. That's just fact. Like mm. from from how he's actually gilded that side together to where they are now and mm. the manner in which he's done it. I mean, mm. he's had both 
like both results and done it in the manner that we wanted while sort of still kind of staying one of the boys. Mm. Uh, he's been fantastic. Like if you were him, why wouldn't you like soak up every single moment that you could, mm. especially given that he's got the results and like, mm. you know, it's the people who sort of say, no, we need more of an, we need more of a return from him with the bat. You know, you single yourself, signal yourself as someone who doesn't understand cricket. The guy captains excellently. <laughs> he's the best keeper in the country, if not the world. If he wants to go around another year and, and have, an, have a great summer, mm. good luck to him. Mm. And the team will be better for it. I'm personally a handsome guy to about seven sure. and, we, and wicket keep. Sure. Either him or Bancroft. Okay. That's what I want. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think like Payne is like the cult hero that like that Bukowski will be. Like, okay. the, the, you know, because like, Smith's hard to get around a bit. He's just, you know, he's not he's not that boys. He's not that boys. You know what mm. I mean when I say that? I think he's got a little darker level, Steve Smith. In he's a great funny. way. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, as we'll reveal on our... Um, Possible Channel Seven show, but who are the who are the cult heroes in the Australian team? Because like the like the bowlers, like our line, I suppose a bit of a cult hero. Lions, like, cults. We need a cult batting hero because Warner's not the guy. Mm. Warner's not the guy. Travis Head isn't the guy. Wade, yeah, uh, he's not cult. He's not cult. Mm. Bukowski, young blood. We mm. like future. We mm. like because well, like the most important thing is the next thing that will happen. Mm. So the most important thing in this summer is the T Twenty World Cup next year. In what do you mean by cults? Do you mean like fringe cults, as in, you know, the grade cricketer is a bit cult? By that I mean not serious, but a little bit of thing <laughs> on the side that people have a laugh at? Or do you mean cult as in like he's our, he's our hero, he's the next generation legend? Because Smith is the Smith – is the, like Every, every Australian the, generation needs like the best since Bradman. Yeah. That's so the, like so, – so there's Ponting and mm. then there's your Damien Martin mm. who's yeah, an exceptional right. player, but like mm. he's your real purist yeah. or like he, he was cult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It actually might have been in one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> there are people in Australian cricket, past and present, who are and have been in cults, and we know that, and we can't say that on air. Um, we can reveal, but it, it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> Something miss out on Jules. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, I think that's, the, that's the play. It's the marketing play. What's the story of the summer? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get he's at. He's in a cult. Yeah, yeah he's in a cult. Um, mate, that um, Victoria South Australia game was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's nothing better than like so. So the the game um, for those not familiar was at yeah. the Junction Oval. Junction Victoria Oval won the last Shield. Um, South Australia usually been fairly sort of also rounds in Shield cricket. Mm. They occasionally make the odd final. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Victoria batted first, batted for like two and a half days or whatever, hit like six hundred and fifty. Mm. And uh, and then South Australia batted, batted fractionally slower, bit slower. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like end of the third day or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, Pete Hanscom, the captain, gave an interview that he probably regrets, mm. just saying that he was a bit upset that uh, that South Australia hadn't mm. made a bit of a sporting decoration to, to make a match out of it. Yeah, and uh, and that's the best thing. Like, there's nothing better than like cricketers getting passive aggressive with yep. each other. I think like yep. that's when the game comes into its own. That's when we get yeah. back to Howard era politics and sport. Yeah. You know, these are the narratives that we need. Anyway, <laughs> he got like I felt sorry for Hanscom because he got like lambasted by everyone for, you know, not being correct. And I was like, look, give him a fractional break. He's just come off the field, no doubt. He should be better. You know, he's the leader. I'm sure he regrets it. But, like, talk about cancel culture. Mm. He probably had spent all day, as all cricketers do, <laughs> hating every batsman. You guys are bad. Yeah. You know, like how cricketers yeah. make narratives on the field just oh, to yeah. get themselves through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. These guys are terrible. Like, when are you guys going to declare? Are you going to make a fucking match of this? Mm. You know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And you sort of convince yourself of something that's actually untrue. Mm. That's what they've done. He's come off the field and given an interview in that persona. Mm. And he probably needed someone to pull him aside before and said, mm, 
you know, this is just a shit wicket, Pete. Mate, cricket is consistently like Chinese drip torture. Well, that, I've always said that. You know, just yeah. on the head, just yeah. dripping away. You, you, you get a wicket and you go, here we go, one brings two. Mm. And I hope someone said that, you know, many mm. times throughout the day. And you get the wicket and then the first, like, three balls and new batsman just blocks it and you go, oh, no, it's the same wicket <laughs> we're playing on and the ball's 150 yeah. million years old. Yeah. Um, so we're not getting any wickets, um, but yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's good. I like mm. the wickets in Australia; they're fun. Mm. It's just funny, Pez, because we're always looking for new angles to take in you know, cricket. Mm. But there's, there's so many truisms consistently. I think of in the, the the women's Ashes last year when Australia just needs to get a draw to win to uh, retain the Ashes, yeah. but they didn't make a game of it. That's mm. it's better to draw and annoy the opposition yeah. than to get a, a, yeah. an outright victory. Yeah, it depends what and you mean by been. making a game of it. Yeah. I mean, like. They didn't make a statistical <laughs> game of it, yeah, but they yeah, made a psychological yeah. game of it. <laughs> you know? What does it really mean? Yeah. yeah. Like upset, uh, annoying opposition, yeah. even if it's a cost of a statistical win, yeah. it's a bigger win. Yeah. I prefer to miss out on finals. If yeah. It- <laughs> the, the feeling of upsetting someone in the opposition, genuine, through cricket, in the, like a slow drip torture, passive aggressive yeah. way, oh, nothing better. Yeah, nothing better. Nothing better. I'm trying to think what else happens in cricket recently. Shane Watson's Twitter got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at two things in our notes here. One is uh, new high performance manager Drew Jin says uh, Australia's uh, we need to train like rowers, <laughs> not cricketers. Yeah. And also Watson got hacked. Let's go with Watson. Okay, or Tremlett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's got too it. big. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were making a few comments about his body, actually, off air. You were saying he's got the shape's not right. Well, he's mm. just he hasn't any ambition for shape, mm. poor Tony. He's just trying to get as big as possible. I'll mm. say fair play to him. Mm. Simon Jones, MBE, um, commented um, on his on his Twitter saying, I can't call you Twiggy anymore or something. And it's just, you know, it's yeah. just... Yeah. yeah, he's putting it out there. I guess if you... Yeah, you, you have to comment on the, on the mail form. Twiggy, yeah. Consistently. Well, yeah. He's tall. Let's call him Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you roll off his? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Watson got hacked. I guess that was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. once again, for probably the fourth or fifth time, Shane, if you are listening, which mm. you're not, oh, you're very welcome to come mm. onto this show. Mm. There won't be any Watson review jokes other than to um, actually sledge people who do make them. Yeah. Uh, we Plays Glade Cricket gl- mm. and, and Grey Cricket as mm. well as Glade Cricket and, um, and has not been on the show. It still was incredibly and mightily incongruous to see his bio change to um, join Shadow Realm, link in bio for free nudes. Wouldn't mind if he wanted to, to be honest. It wasn't then that I thought he'd been hacked, to be honest. Yeah, that wasn't right. the moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's two days later. Mm. Uh, what else have we got? I mean, Mitch Marsh got out and punched a wall. Aren't <laughs> 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 oh, the Marsh is good? Yeah. This is the, I mean, it's the Marsh Cup, obviously, but like, you know, it's this time of year. It's this time of this year where the time. Marsh is, you know, Sean Marsh got 200 yesterday. Yeah. That's good. Get him in the team. I He's captain. It. Yeah. He can be captain. About time. Yeah, give him a go. Runs. Mm. Yeah, looks good. He's he's a good net away from being <laughs> being the Australian captain. Sean Marsh had his good net when he was 14 and it's been <laughs> fantastic since. It was funny actually. Like he, it's his highest first class score. Yep. Nobody disagrees that Sean Marsh isn't just an imperious and wonderful batsman to watch when he's yep. in form. Yep. But I saw, and I, sh- I should probably get the name right, but I think it was Jamie Cox tweeted um, after, you know, Marsh has hit his highest first class scores like, Surprised to see that Sean Marsh only has 27 first-class centuries after 20 years in first-class cricket. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's backhand if I've ever saw him. Like, so I'm like, oh, 27, that's really good. Oh, after 20 seasons, right, I thought he'd have more. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, nice. I was actually surprised that Steve Warren played 156 tests, <laughs> given he was around for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's I was right. surprised by that. I thought they would have played more tests mm. than that. He might have reminded you via Instagram, which is now just homage to all of his statistics <laughs> through first person. I love Steve War. He delivers. It was 20 years ago that I also scored <laughs> a, a hundred <laughs> each innings in an Ashes test. 
wouldn't they be good for a live guest? Anyway, um, yeah, anything else happening in cricket? Oh, I'm sure. Look, I should say, you should say, uh, the WBBL is on. And yeah. I would encourage people. Kicked off. I would encourage people to watch highlights of um, Phoebe Litchfield's Lich, 16, uh, isn't she? She's 16 years old. Yeah. 50-odd uh, not out to steer home the Thunder uh, yeah. yesterday at North Sydney Oval. There's some good... Um, Good footage of her in the nets as well, like smoking them, genuinely timing them well. In fact, this came out a few months ago. I posted saying something like, the oh, time, right. timing's immaculate. Someone just wrote under it, you're a nonce. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. But she's, she's, I mean, talk about probably a generational talent. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, she, she's a good bat. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. wanted to make that point. Yeah. Elise Perry, just dominating. I mean, the sixes, like with, with Elise Perry and uh, mm. Elisa Healy at the top, is just, that's, they'll, they'll just win. The Australian women's team win every just game. destroy everybody. They're yeah. like, this is Australian sport, right? You can say, you know, a lot of people have varying views about, uh, you know, the prominence of women's cricket or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, people say, like, oh, it's just fourth grade. I was like, well, two things about that. Firstly, it's not. Mm. Um, secondly, like, I like watching fourth grade. Mm. Uh, but anyway, mm. uh, I digress. Like, as soon as <laughs> any of our national teams, which we, like, yearn to be amazing yeah. and just destroy everyone, as soon as they get to that level, like, okay, great, what's next? Who else can I sledge? Because yeah. Australian women's team are just destroying people, have been for 18 months. Like, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. What's up? What's up the men's team? <laughs> what's up the Wallabies? Checker's got to go. <laughs> How do we line things up to get to Howard era politics? Late 90s investment in the Olympics, yeah. winning everything. Mm. Take buy, us back there, Kevy Roberts. Buy back the guns. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you can expect this season on the Great Cricket Podcast. Yeah. All right, who's got about four on Sunday, mate? I don't know. <laughs> Should we get Dan Christian on the show? Yeah. Let's get Dan Christian on the show, and after that, hashtag AskTGC. Uh, apparently they call him the snorkel Marcus North, hello uh, G'day boys, how are you? <laughs> the snorkel, I like it Straight in I'm, there I'm sure you do uh, <laughs> Obviously I work in, in English cricket now with Durham As director of cricket there and the so guy, you can't say much can't say too much reasons, But I, well, I did get some pleasure this afternoon So we had some optional training Mark Wood's injured at the moment But he was in seeing the physio And I knew he was in the change room So I kind of ran in Overly excited And he saw me straight away And he just looked at me And went Fuck off Northy I don't want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> So Yeah Well it's our first interview For the year here goes, and uh, it's a guy that we've wanted to have on the show for a very long time. Uh, he's represented his country 35 times in short-form cricket, best of five for 31 in ODI, striking at around 100. He's played 83 first-class matches with nearly 4,000 runs, 163 wickets, high score of 131, not out, best bowling of 5 for 24. It's a T20, it's where he's made a, made a major mark as a global gun for hire. Playing four... University of New South Wales, New South Wales, South Australia, Hampshire, Deccan Chargers, Brisbane Heat, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Victoria, Gloucestershire, Middlesex, Hobart Hurricanes, Nottinghamshire, Rising Pune, Super Giants, Jelly Daredevils, Jersey Stars, Melbourne Renegades, Trinbago, Knight Riders, Molten Sultans, and Australia. Um, he wins everywhere he goes. He's played in 12 finals, winning seven titles. Uh, a warm welcome, he goes, uh, to Dan Christian. <laughs> G'day, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for having me, boys. Um, uh, I think you missed a couple of teams there, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> what did we miss? <laughs> yeah, club teams, yeah. Uh, well, you threw in University of New South Wales cricket club, so I suppose you better throw in my other club teams. I played for Brisbane South when I was at the Brisbane Heat. Uh, I played for Newtown when I was down at the Hurricanes, and I now play for Richmond or the Monash Tigers, and also Adelaide Uni when I was over at South Australia. <laughs> oh my God. So you've played for every grade club yeah. too, every state. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, oh, we, we always start there, you know. I mean, you've played at nearly every club, but uh, you know, like you came through the rough and tumble world of uh, like Sydney grade cricket in the late nineties, early two thousands. A notoriously uh, tough arena. Can you just tell us a few of your memories uh, from playing there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, very, very tough. It's um, my lower grade, my first couple of years. I think I played third grade, third half a year of third grade, then half a year of fourth grade when I was uh, 15. Uh, and then second grade the next year when I was 16, we lost the final to Mossman um, up at Allen Border Oval up there. And that was that was a, that was a wonderful fish. Uh, back then, there were so many more. There seemed to be so many more older blokes coming sort of back down the grades. Mm doesn't seem to happen anymore so I, yeah i got a really good grounding particularly at uni new south wales and then um, and then yeah into first grade sort of late that year and then uh and then for the rest one of um it wouldn't happen you just you just can't get away with it anymore but the amount of sort of sledging and abuse that used to go on back then was was uh yeah it was extraordinary you, you, um yeah, you, as, a, as a young kid you, you just you just sort of had to put up with it that's how it was you know, you were a young upstart and you used to get abused by the bloke at slip and used to get abused by the bowler. And, um, yeah, and it was either fight or flight or whatever the expression is. <laughs> Sounds like you look back on that with a, a little bit yeah. of affection, mate. Yeah. You know what Fond I mean? memories. Yeah, Fond yeah, memories. yeah. I, yeah I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a great grounding. So, you, yeah, you learn pretty quick that you've got to, um, that you've got to get involved in the tussle and then, um, yeah, otherwise you otherwise you're off doing something else. So it sounds like you had to wait till you were, what, 16, 17, 18, maybe, to, to, to crack first grade. Obviously, a long apprenticeship in the lower grades, uh, three, four games by the sounds of it. I mean, like, when did you first realise <laughs> that you were, you know, really good enough to, that you might be able to turn this into, like, a job? Um, well, it's kind of hard at New South Wales. You, you, back then, you, you had to... Well, I only played... Uh, when I first played for New South Wales, I think when I was 21, 22. Right. Mm. Um, having had, yeah. and, I, and I started first grade when I was 17. So yeah. uh, these days, that's an extremely long apprenticeship, four years. <laughs> um, most guys get picked there yeah, straight in the state team when they've had when they've had half a dozen first grade games and a good net in front of the selectors. So <laughs> uh, and a good net, don't forget the good yeah, net. Good net, good net, good net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and... Yeah, breaking into that New South Wales team back then was pretty difficult because it was it was um, yeah tough tough back then. So I went one year of 2020s and then the next year I played one day of and 2020s, but I was nowhere near the Shield team and um, and yeah got an opportunity to go to South Australia when I was 23. So uh, yeah, it was it was I don't know, a different a different kind of pathway I suppose to what to what um, guys get these days. So you never you never really playing grade cricket you never really thought you were that close because it was. You know, so many other guys doing well in, in, in Sydney grade. Mate, like, just on that, we'll, we'll come to your 2020 stuff in a second, but uh, just curious about what players might think around, you know, the whether there might be a bit of a new era of reinvestment in, in grade cricket or, like, domestic cricket generally now that Greg Chappell's left the helm. Uh, you know, maybe it's too much of a bastardisation to say this, but, you know, he seemed to be the guy that was super keen on picking guys who'd had a good net in front of the selectors when they were sort of 18 or 19 and maybe foregoing a few of those older blokes that had been hanging around grade cricket that had done the apprenticeship that had averaged sort of 40 or 50. You know, like, are you expecting maybe a little bit more, uh, yeah, I guess, investment and regard for, for people's results at, like, a grade or, you know, say state level? Yeah, I don't know. That's certainly that's certainly the perception around around um, Greg Chappell's tenure, I suppose, that the guys that are... Um, you know, 26, 27, and been killing grade cricket for five, six, seven years. That they just they're done. They don't really get an opportunity at state level. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice if it'd be nice if those guys still still were able to push their way in. I don't think you play most guys don't play their best cricket until their early thirties when you've actually 
you know, spent some time learning your game and, and, and not only your game, you, you just don't tend to make the stupid mistakes that you do when you're 21. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think there's, you can still be picking guys. Guys should still be getting picked for their state team when they're late 20s and their 30s because that's when they're going to play their best cricket. Mm. Yeah, you might not get as much time in the Australian team. I understand wanting to pick kids early in shield cricket so then they've got time to learn in shield cricket and then, and then you know, be good playing for Australia. But... Um, yeah, you still want to have this. I think you still want to have a lot of senior guys around, around your state and and your club teams because they're the ones that they're the ones that the kids, the really good kids coming through, are, are going to learn off. Mate, just on to T Twenty stuff. Like, and we've sort of said this earlier on the show today, but uh, now that the Ashes is has been you know run and well not won but drawn, <laughs> mm. and we've moved through a couple of big sort of Test series in the World Cup, it feels to me like there's probably going to be an increased focus on. T20 cricket in Australia for the next little while as we lead up to the you know the World T20 tournament here next year. Uh, you know you're a guy that's now known as a, like an exceptionally successful T20 specialist in Australia. You've played what 12 finals as of a couple of months ago. You've won seven titles. Renegades and Victoria coach Andrew McDonald said everywhere he goes he wins. Uh, so just for the benefit of the listeners, like like how do you win uh, in T20 cricket? <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Old blokes. You've got to have a team full of old blokes. That's old blokes. So the ones that, you've got to have old blokes because um, you just don't, I suppose, as an old bloke, you, you don't succumb to the, the pressures of a match as much as what you might see a kid do. Yeah, kids can do some, some great stuff, but in the most successful teams I've been in, you have, they're, they're, full, of, they're full of experienced players that, that um, you know, get the job done when, when the pressure's on, when the, those, those crucial moments in a final, when... Um, you know, the crowd's going nuts, and, and the scoreboard's probably saying that you're you're not in a you're not in a great position. They they tend to get the job done. So um, yeah, we had it last year, particularly with our Renegades team last year. And someone like Harry Gurney, who's uh, he's just won again over in the CPL. He he got the job done for us there. Um, yeah, just I think it's as simple as that. You've just got to have guys that that are, are the most calm under pressure, which tends to be the old bloke. Dan, you've um you've obviously had a, a distinguished short form career, especially, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were, if you would be pretty keen to have um you know played the all rounder role in the World Cup just gone. But I mean, obviously the the T Twenty World Cup in Australia in twelve months' time or so, you must surely have one eye on at least being in the squad for that. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. That'd be that'd be fantastic. A little bit of a um, a last hurrah, if you like. It's probably my last chance to to play in a tournament like that. And, mm. Given I'll be uh, next year, I'll be 37 when that's going on. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm playing pretty good cricket, probably playing the best cricket of my career. Uh, my body's still really good. Um, and, and, yeah, like I said before, it's the, the mind and, and being an older bloke, you're just a bit calmer in, in situations that I might have been when I was you know, 20, 27 or 28 when I first played for Australia. So, yeah, I'd love to get another chance. Australia are fifth in the world. I think I'm right in saying in, in T20s. Um, why, why have we struggled so much in this shorter form, the, the shortest form of the game in particular? Is it because they're not picking guys who are, you know, um, I don't want to typecast you, but you know, specialise like yourself in, in T20 cricket, or have they just sort of stuck to the, you know, the the, the one day plays? I mean, what is it? Why, why are Australia so bad or, or fifth in the world? Why are we not the best? Why, why, why aren't we the best at everything? Hmm. Why did the Wallabies <laughs> lose? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't help you with the Wallabies. I haven't watched enough of it. Uh, but I think the T20 team in the past, I think, has been um, 
there's probably been a lot of guys playing that format. Yes, they're wonderful cricketers, absolutely fantastic cricketers, but mm. they don't play much 2020 cricket. Yeah. Uh, whereas now we've got now we've got a lot of guys around the country that have that have played a lot of 2020 cricket that are playing the, the franchise stuff around the world and and they know they just sort of tend to know the know the game a bit better. So um, I think in the past we might have fallen into a trap of just sort of picking the best. It looks like we've picked you know the best six or seven batsmen and just almost pulled them out of a hat as to who's going to bat where, rather yeah. than picking guys that specialise in batting at the death specialised at batting in the middle and, and specialised at open. So, um, yeah, hopefully we're going closer down that path of, of like you say, picking those specialists. And mm. um, yeah, I think I think we can certainly be certainly be very competitive in that in that World Cup if if uh, they pick a team like that. Mm. Like as we go to air, Dan, like overnight, you were just drafted for the Manchester Originals in the hundred, which is like a sort of semi-new format, I guess. Like we've got a lot of uh, UK listeners, but Aussie listeners as well. I mean, like that well, that'll probably be your thirty-fifth team that you've been part of. I mean, like, you know, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean to be drafted for the Originals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's uh, it was a wonderful time to be over in England this year, as you guys well know around the Ashes and the, and the World Cup there was, a, there was a real buzz about the game and um, yeah, now with the now with the 100 as well I think that'll continue on next year it's uh, being a being a brand new format and um, you know, brand new teams sort of franchising all these teams but playing out of the playing out of the big grounds over there uh, I think it'll be I think it'll go really really well and, and having having all all the big names uh, being available and getting picked too you know your Rashid Khan's and um, Andre Russell and these kind of blokes being being involved in it, I think it'll go well. So um, thrilled to be a part of it. It'll be uh, it'll be a great experience, it'll be good fun. Is it one of those things, Dan, where like people like the players are really excited to be part of it because no one really knows how it's going to go? Because there's been heaps of criticism about it. Like we don't need another format. It's weird. Hundred balls. Like it's just it's it's foreign and therefore we're all scared of change. So you know we have to sledge it. But like, is it one of the things where the players, especially with the availability of the players, as, you, as you've just said, um, the names are going to be pretty impressive. Like the teams that they're putting out are going to be pretty sensational i mean if so from the player's perspective are you guys super looking forward to it but also because like no one really knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah a bit of both uh and you talk about um sort of fans and, and just people not wanting change england cricket fans are probably the absolute worst at that they don't like the change in anything so <laughs> yeah. um that's going to be the biggest the, tr- the traditional fans anyway yeah. that'll be the uh they're going to be the biggest attractors of it but but uh, yeah, I think it'll be huge, and mm. yeah, everyone's everyone's excited about it. Everyone's talking about it. But the change in format—it's only twenty balls, so it's not going to be too much. It might be a bit of, um, you know, a bit of talk about you know these ten ball overs and and uh, whatever. I've never read the rules to be honest, but it's, it's going to be bowling, <laughs> and batting. That's all it is. bowling and batting and bowling and batting, trying to hit sixes and trying to bowl perfect Yorkers. Like, there's not going to be much more to it. It's yeah, still it's still a game of cricket. It's still and, cricket, uh, isn't it? It's and people are going to come and watch it. Yeah. I, just, I think we asked you this in London a few months ago, but I think it's still relevant on the same point that Higgins was sort of making. Like when when he was speaking to the BBC in 2018, Shane Warne said, um, "I'm not a fan of the hundred. I think we've got three formats that work really well, and you don't need to confuse spectators with any more." And then a few months ago, he was announced as the coach of North London, uh, and he said, oh, "I love the concept of the hundred. <laughs> Grab my attention in the way the IPL did. Always want to be ahead of the curve because cricket benefits from innovation. Um, yeah, what do you make of the hundred? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I just want to read that again. <laughs> at first, 
at first I was not interested in it. I just thought it sounded ridiculous at first. But the more you, the more you think about it, 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 it uh, it's just it's just cricket, and people are going to come and watch it, and it's going to be great fun. It's going to be short and sharp, and um, yeah, if, if it's if people are talking about it, then it's going to generate interest in the game and generating interest in the game is going to get more and more kids playing and more families getting involved. And, um, and it's great that there's going to be a, a, a women's comp going along on side it as well. So it's just, yeah, I think it's just fantastic for the game. I think it'll go really well. Um, mate, that was a really uh, politically correct answer, wasn't it? It was, yeah, actually. Uh, well, I guess, you know, now that we're talking about that, um, <laughs> and I'm kind of silly here, goes thunder here a little bit, so we can maybe like run off the back of it. But uh, there was, speaking of politically correct, there was a photo going around that you were involved in last week um, ahead of the PM's 11 match. Um, it was you and your, uh, your colleague, Peter Siddle, Peter Siddle. Uh, and you, um, someone had underarmed uh, a ball with, like, very, very catchable height uh, and no pace on it to the current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Um, and uh, the technique that he was employing before catching the ball um, raised a few eyebrows around the country. So yeah. I just, uh, as the person who perhaps lobbed it or um, um, was watching, you know, what was your impressions of what happened? Can you just take us into the room? Well, he, he crocodiled it. We, uh, we were... Um so we're standing there. With, Sid and I are standing outside the door of, of, of his office, of the PM's office, and the uh, media. There's a big a group of media guys standing there waiting for him to come out as well. And then Sid goes, "Oh, should we lob the ball?" And I said, oh, "I'm not doing it. You do it." <laughs> and he said, "Well, I'll throw it anymore. I just love it." I said, just love it. You can't throw that. He said, "What? what, what it breaks his finger or something." And so yeah. the media were keen as mustard for him to drop it. They really wanted him to drop it, but he, yeah. he actually, despite Despite not looking technically correct, he uh, yeah he caught it and walked straight over and actually made it look he actually made it look pretty smooth. <laughs> did, uh, did all right. I guess that's his job. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you see any fear in his eyes though as the ball yeah. was coming at him? I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of is there a murmur or like yeah. a squeal or something? Or? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no there's no squeal. Just a just a. Uh, I was a little bit a little bit surprised when he saw the cricket ball up in the air. He never said he, then he calmed down and he caught it. And yeah, we way we went into the chat. Well, him and Sid went into the chat. I just stood there like a like a I might as well not have even been there. Yeah, he just right. wanted to talk about the ashes to Sid, so yeah, uh, which is fair enough. But, yeah. um, no, it was good. It's good fun. The game will be good fun on on um, Thursday yeah, Thursday night. It'll be nice to be part of. I mean, what what we were hoping was the outcome of the of the catch, just to keep laboring yeah. this point. Yeah, we'll keep one. Yeah, what there? Yeah. Do you want me to catch it or yeah, spill it? Do you want me to drop it? Um, or? I wouldn't mind him spilling yeah, it. I hadn't really thought speaking. that far ahead. The, the you've been selected in his side, like, I suppose. Well, <laughs> yeah. He's named you captain in his side. Probably, if he had to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were looking for. I think they were looking. The media guys were looking for a, a, a John Howard bowling type yeah. type situation yeah. where yeah. you know, obviously, he missed the wicket wherever he bowled that ball. Um, years ago, yeah, I suppose they wanted him to drop it, and um, yeah. yeah, they could use the grab to sort of make fun of him for the next twenty years, I suppose. Because because you spent like your whole yeah, life, no, you, did it well. you spent your whole life in cricket, Dan. Obviously, as many of us have even listened to this this show, and like when you saw the crocodile come out, did you just think yuck straight away? Like you know, like when you Reflex. throw you know a tennis ball to one of your mates or a keys or something, and it doesn't look neat. You just think immediately, I'm a better person than them because I'm a better cricketer than them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Person, but it certainly looked. Uh, it certainly looked unnatural. It didn't make it look natural. Put it that way. 
Didn't just... look like he caught many cricket balls in the past. I know, he's, I know, he's, he loves his league. He loves it. He loves the sharks. Yeah, uh, and I've yeah. seen him sort of kicking a kicking a footy around. But yeah, yeah that the, the footy certainly looks a bit more natural in his hands on the cricket ball. <laughs> um, I, was, I mean, I guess semi-related, mate. I didn't want to speak to you without passing up asking you about the the work you do with Indigenous cricket. Um, as a proud Wiradjuri man, I mean. Um, you know, like, can you just tell us a little bit about the relationship between cricket and Indigenous Australia? You know, the outlook and and what you've been um, doing to be part of it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've done a bit. Over well, the last few years, I've done a bit with the um, with Cricket Australia and the Australian Aboriginal team or Indigenous team. We went over to England and sort of recreated, retraced the steps of the uh, guys in eighteen sixty eight. And if you don't know that story, it's you know, we'll look it up. It's a pretty amazing story. There were a team of guys from Western Victoria were were would have walked they walked all the way to Melbourne and smuggled into the bottom of a boat uh, and then taken over to England for uh, three months on the boat and then played I think they played about forty odd games I think uh, over there over over three or four months and um, yeah that was the first the first sporting team to leave Australian shores mm. uh, so in 1868 so yeah we recreated that last year and that was fantastic to be a part of that it was a real honor to be a part of that team and um, we didn't get to play at Lords, unfortunately, but we went to Lords and the Aussie team were there getting ready for a one-day match. And um, yeah, we did a few sort of cultural, cultural things around the around the country. And uh, the tour itself was the tour itself was was really good. We played some great cricket, uh, and yeah, it was, a, it was a real shot in the arm for for Indigenous cricket and you know, to give some kids, uh, some young kids, I suppose the. the some role models to to look up to and and try and try and make cricket a a, a viable a viable career option um, you know, down the track. Obviously, we see the footy the footy codes, the NRL and the AFL. They're uh, littered with Aboriginal or Indigenous players that are, that really dominate the game, but we don't see it in cricket. So if mm. we can um, yeah get some get some of those kids somehow attract some of those kids into into our game, I think I think that'd be fantastic. So. Uh, CA this year we're not having we're not having an actual indigenous round like we do in in uh, in, in we see in the other sports but there's there's going to be a sort of week celebration so I know a few teams are getting around it I know the Melbourne Renegades are getting around it we'll we'll have um, yeah a themed a themed match which will be uh, which will be fantastic and yeah it's 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 just a uh, it's a great opportunity I think for us to promote our sport to the to the wider Aboriginal community and then conversely to to promote our our culture and our heritage to the to the wider cricket community as well. Nice one Dan. All right, well we'll let you go mate. Um thanks for joining us today and uh all the best, especially with the, the national aspirations heading into the World Cup next year. You should probably be there to be fair. Oh thanks. Cheers. No worries. No, thanks for having me. Uh, always a good time, boys. He's one of Yorkshire's favourite sons. Wikipedia says his name is Brez Big Time or Brezzy Lad. It's Tim Bresnan. Welcome to the Grade Cricketer. Oh, we need oh, therapy, Brez. We, we, we need a team of doctors to work with us, each of us, each individual. And yeah. we've had psychological trauma inflicted right. upon us. I mean, is this, if you were us, how would you be feeling? I think, I think what I'd do is, um, as a matter of urgency, I'd set up uh, a care centre. Uh, for I'd, I'd call it the Joel Wilson Institute. <laughs> well, here goes. Some things change, like us all actually being in the same studio together and having some decent sound production. Uh, some things stay the same. We're still friends with our 
you know, compadres, a budgie smuggler. Mm. Uh, this summer we are going to be talking about them and um, probably not making it up as we go as much. But, you know, we'll see where it uh, flies off. First thing I want to say is, for those who did buy our custom budgies through the winter, the Aussie winter, which was the, the all-time alpha range, thank you. They sold out in minutes. Yep. Um, clearly there's a preoccupation and fascination with rigs <laughs> uh, in this country and in the UK. Um, yeah. And in Leeds, apparently. Yeah, yeah sold. that's right. Yeah. Someone actually, after one of the live shows, gave me a pair of smuggles and said, oh, my mate's in the toilet. This is for his... Um, uh, what they call him, stag do. Can, oh, right. can you write something on the inside? Yes, that's right. I was very confused because I didn't know what was that. I walked out and I yeah. saw you signing yeah. smugglers and I thought, well, that's not a usual thing to see. Yeah. And he's like, oh, they're like, oh, can you write something funny in mm. front of like five blokes? It was yeah. just after the show. Mm. And uh, I wrote, like, it's something that wasn't that funny. Mm. It was just something like, oh, I have a small to medium sized penis. Now that I think about it, I actually didn't ask you what you were doing. I just saw you doing yeah. that and I just thought, that's weird. Well, I wrote it and then I gave it back but to But I him. didn't ask any questions. I'm a bit disappointed. What's Piss up to? Yeah. So yeah. just do a gag right now, mate, yeah, yeah. in front of my mates. Anyway, yeah. uh, I thank them for coming to the show and buying those smugglers. But we're, we're going to do another range of smugglers in conjunction with Budgie Smuggler. Um, they're going to be called – it's not about all-time alphas. It's actually going to broaden it a little bit. It's just going to be Great Australian Rigs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be part of Budgie Smuggler's Ordinary Rig Campaign, which mm. is about a celebration of rigs of all shapes and sizes. Mm. We're calling ours Great Australian Rigs. So what we want you to do – we're going to do it with your help out there. We want you to submit – your favourite rigs, your favourite Australian cricket rigs. The criteria is as follows. They have, to, you have, they have to have played for Australia. So we want them at like sort of peak rig level. So we're not saying that it has to be an amazing rig. Actually, it's, it's shaped, it's rigs of all shapes and sizes. Greatest is subjective. It's a subjective. Exactly. It's greatest to you. Mm. It's about celebrating all rigs, right? Yeah. It could be, uh, you know, Inzamam's rig, where is Australian. You know, yeah. A rig like that. Yeah, yeah. Could be Chris yeah. Tremlett. Yeah. You know, it could be the, the, the leanness of Nathan Lyon, yeah. you know, whatever. Stoinis, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat, it could be Stoinis. Mm. Uh, but we want you, you know, we want you to, to just to, to post to us. We want you to tag in at Budgie Smuggler, at Grade Cricketer, mm. uh, and, uh, and just tell us your best rig. And then we're just going to be announcing the top order and the middle order and whatever as the weeks go on. So we mm. want to find out from you who are uh, your favourite, your great Australian rigs, and then we're going to release some customs bu- budgies around that, which is normal. Uh, normal thing to do with <coughs> your life. Normal stuff, normal stuff, normal stuff. Normal stuff uh, also encouraging you, of course, if you want custom budgies for your own club cricket site, uh, if you go to the Budgie Smuggler website, yeah. you put in the little details there, Budgie Smuggler is going to waive uh, the setup fee, the processing fee, if you let them know that the great cricketer sent you. I presume there's some kind of box there where you can do that. Yeah. Uh, so please do that. Uh, and we're going to obviously be discussing what that top order and middle order and, and bowlers are. Down the track, Pez. It's um, it's exam time for students out there. We got yes. we got we got heaps of young listeners who will be doing their U twelve final school exams uh, in the coming weeks. I say, what better way to procrastinate when you should be mm. studying and jump online, mm. create some budgies, budgie like some custom budgies. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. That's what I do. Do you ever like are you like ever on Facebook on like your desktop, and then like type in Facebook, for instance into the search engine when you're already on that website. That's my level of social media addiction now. I do the same thing where I close like Instagram and then I open up my Instagram immediately because yeah. my brain is like, stop working. I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. It's, it's concerning. Mm. Oh, like the one for me is like um, lazily typing in, say, like the T and the W of Twitter mm-hmm. and then just like um, arrogantly expecting it's the, muscle memory. the internet to get it's the rest memory. of it. I don't want to write in the entire word. No. TW, get me there. No, no. I'm off. Mate, I can't. I don't like going to an ATM where there's someone already using the ATM. I can't wait mm. 14 seconds for mm. them to process their you know, to re- receive their receipt. Yeah. Why would you need a receipt out of an ATM? Yeah, super concerning. Test cricket will survive though. Yeah. So that's budgie smuggler. That's budgie smuggler. <laughs> budgie smuggler. <laughs> 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 Custom smugglers. Great Australian rigs. Let us know.
Mate, Pez, I'll just say, I'll just take, take this moment. I should say the top of the show, but like, um, we'll obviously be um, speaking about Budgie Smuggler throughout the whole summer. Um, but this show wouldn't exist without them. Um, and I was thinking, this, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, driving here into the studio today, people like going into work Monday morning, just in greys and blacks and whites. And I thought, fuck that, I don't want to ever do that. You know, my parents would sure would love me to be mm. using you know the degree that I studied for. Mm. Um, but uh, not not me. Jokes on the internet. That's where the money is, and that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Budgie Smuggler. So mm. we'll say thanks to them. Anyway, BudgieSmuggler.com. <laughs> All right, Pez, hashtag ask TGC. Um, we should use this moment in time to speak about all the things that we've been doing. We've taken about a month off, which is funny because, like, it was such a big winter, cricketing-wise, that there wasn't no real break. We obviously toured as well. That was exciting for us. And uh, we've been doing a whole bunch of stuff, planning basically for the summer, and all of those things are about to come into fruition in the coming weeks, I suppose. Um, first things first, I suppose we need to say that there is a Brisbane live show on sale right now. It's the Princess Theatre. That is going to be on Thursday, the f- uh, the night of the first day of the first test match against Pakistan, Princess Theatre. 21 November. 21 November. Thank you very much, mate. And that is the first show. There are uh, tickets on sale for Sydney and Melbourne. There are four shows there, two in each city in Melbourne, the 27th and the 28th of uh, December, the Corner Hotel. We will be there. And then the Comedy Store on the 3rd and 4th of January. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Um, And we are nine-tenths of the way into doing one more show at another test venue that isn't as far away as Perth. (laughs) But we can't quite announce it yet. Can't announce it yet. But we have a a wonderful couple of guests, actually. So we're going to tease out the Sydney one down the track. But so far in Brisbane, we are going to be linking with the great... Jason Dizzy Gillespie. He's going to be there. The Princess Theatre. Yeah. Uh, he was exceptional when he joined us in London and yeah, we're looking funny. forward to doing that with him uh, on home turf. Uh, Dizzy's fantastic. I mean, you can just imagine where that will go. He's very good at yeah. talking about other people. He's also very good at talking about himself yeah. uh, in a like wonderfully self-aware way. So Now that I think about it, when we had him for the um, London live show, mm. he was right in contention for the England coaching job yeah. and he couldn't say a lot. I mean, he said a lot. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and now I think about it, that is the reason why he didn't get it. He said some... <laughs> there were a couple of good ones. But now you? the England coach has been announced and it's not Jason yeah. Gillespie, so, you know, it's going to be open slather. Mm. I don't want to speak on behalf of Jason, mm. but I just have and it's going to be the wildest night of your life. No, that, well, we should it, say, like, it, it really is a... We, thought about recording these and people familiar with the show know that we talk about this but we did originally think about recording these last year when we first did it and then um, after five minutes realised that none of them were publishable (laughs) so if you do want uh, the more sort of R into X rated uh, grade cricketer material you know uh, I'm not saying it's a sportsman's lunch it's probably darker than that to be honest far darker Yeah. yeah Uh, if you yeah. want, if you've got questions you need to ask in person, if you are a narcissist and you need to get up and speak <laughs> and, and do your own joke that's usually better than what we do, then come and alpha us. <laughs> There's yeah. all sorts of opportunities there. Yeah. Uh, so that's Jason Gillespie. Uh, we can't tell you who I guess is in LA, but he, but he is locked in and yeah. Um, yeah. we'll announce that, that show all at the same time. That show like isn't in the city that isn't Perth. No, it's the one that's in Perth. Yeah. You didn't hear what I said. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and then for Melbourne, very happy to announce that uh, we are linking. We've never linked with this guy before, but he's a Sydney Grey cricket doyen who has represented in all three forms of the game. Yeah. He has a, um, a, I guess, a, like a fledgling media career, yeah. great media talent. Uh, John the Duke Hastings, yeah. who's relocated from Sydney down to Melbourne. He will be joining us on the 27th and 28th. Uh, at the Corner Hotel, very, very keen to do it uh, and an extremely funny guy with a, a bunch of stories and I think you're going to be seeing the Duke, as they call him, uh, across your TV screens and radios 
uh, stations in the next like five to ten years because mm. uh, he's he's on the way up. Great mm. storyteller. Um, all these tickets are available at gradecricketer.club, mm. um, which is the name of our website um, that you can buy tickets at. So uh, if you came last summer or if you came during the winter, it is an entirely new act. That's another thing we should do. Yeah. Uh, we, should, we should get working on. It's entirely new act. So it's a new show, uh, new guests, different guests, and the guests are always fantastic and they always say way more things than what you would think mm-hmm. um, because it's a really fun, wild night out. Um, so please do come along because um, we love seeing you guys in person. And they're one of the funnest things we get to do as part of this wild adventure that is the great cricketer, um, Sam, Dave, and I are on stage uh, with international cricketers. Um, what else is going on, mate? Um, I mean, there's there's also, uh, you know, there's merchandise you can buy at greatcricketer.club. Yep. You've got the, the stubby holders there, four pack for $17.50. Mm-hmm. Um, one person on Facebook commented, bit steep for stubby holders. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what to reply to that, so um, he's blocked from the account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never criticise us. Never criticise us. Yeah, never. Um, that's, that's the thing you can do. What else are we doing? Uh, we're in the process of obviously other projects um, mm. which have not been contractually mm. signed to yet. Mm. Uh, and then the podcast returns as of today. So it's every well, week. It will, it will, many who follow the account will have seen that we've been doing some interviews with a bunch of Aussie players yeah. through, through Channel 7. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to telling you guys more in the next couple of weeks about what it is that we're doing with them this year. But it's very exciting. Uh, it's deeper, probably deeper engagement than last year. And, yep. uh, you know, they're like a great bunch of people there, to be honest. They've got a great cricket team. Mm. Uh, so not a great cricket team. No. Well, that would be that would be weird. But, um, mm. yeah, we're looking forward to telling you what we're doing with them throughout the summer as well. That reminds me actually just in the live show aspect, I'll tease this one a little bit, in that, um, you know, those who came to the, the, World, the World Cup and the Ashes, the World, the World Tour that we did for, you know, <laughs> Sydney and Melbourne uh, and, and, and overseas as well, we, we basically posed a question of, like, is Smith better than Bradman? Mm. Uh, we were fortunate enough to interview Steve Smith uh, for Channel 7 and we posed that question to him <laughs> uh, by showing him footage of the, the best bowler that... Um, that ever got Bradman out 10 times, Clara Grimmett, uh, and we'll show you the answer on stage. And it's uh, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Mm. Um, it, th- that might be it. I think we've subjected Alice. Yeah, still I think so. Us, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Hopefully you found the 15-second fast-forward button there. And, uh, <laughs> it exists. It exists for a reason. Mm. Okay, Anonymous writes in, hashtag ICTGC. I, f- I have a friend who goes to a manual college in Adelaide and he bought an $800 bat using half of his dad's money. I give him shit about his parents paying for him to go to school and an expensive cricket bat. So the question is, who is the alpha and who is the beta in the story? Well, I think our friend, and hello, and thank you for writing in, Cheers. is probably um, not yet an adult, I suppose. So uh, yeah, it was just a, probably just a straight. I mean, what he's saying is like, my mate gets supported by his parents mm. financially and, mm. you know, can we pay that out? Mm. Uh, kind of like, I'd pay it out if he was like 25 I'm like, I mean, like the kid, the underage kid, yeah. the kids at school. Like it's yeah. not his, it's not his fault that his parents probably have a bit of money. You know what I mean? No. If he's if he's leaning on it at 25, 26, come back to us. Mm. Yeah, that's problematic. And I have seen that. Like a, one of the strangest things you ever see at grade cricket, because we all got, grade cricketers, they all grown up playing maybe Saturday, Sunday as kids or whatever. They're probably reasonably talented growing up, and they've decided to, for some reason, play in their adulthood. Mm. Uh, and like when you're a kid and you play, say, say you play like rep cricket on a Sunday or whatever, it was lunchtime and a long day and you'd all probably retire to your parents who'd be sitting on a picnic blanket or at some sort of fold out camping chair and they'd have lunch for you and feed you lunch because you're a child, you're a minor and your parents are responsible yeah. for your lunch. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen people and I've played when I was like 23, 24, I've, uh, this is a notorious set of brothers, um, that, <laughs> guys like got a kid and, uh, and uh, they would with the same ritual 
walk over to their parents who would provide them lunch, not the team lunch, mm. provide them lunch, and they'd sit there at lunchtime and sit there and eat their lunch that was provided by their that's um, scandalous. Their probable pensioner parents. But that was their ritual. So, you know, there's a forgiving part of me that's like, you know, yeah. that's nice ritual for them mm. and good good for them. And then there's the other part of me like, mate, you're a fucking adult. Bring your own lunch. Mm. Anyway, um, so I'm just saying to anonymous, like if his yeah. parents are looking after him 25, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, okay, there's, there's no alpha and beta in the story. Yeah. It's just like you've got a friend and he, he goes to Emmanuel College and, you know, he, he's got some money. Uh, the way to go about it with people who, uh, you know, are of money is to criticise the the brand of eight hundred dollar bat, uh-huh. because like you know, people of wealth are often materialistic, uh-huh. and so you know, if you, if let's say it was a cookabar, you're like, oh, why'd you get that one? Why'd you get the great mix? <laughs> oh, that's a way better stick. Do you yeah. mumble it like D- that as didn't well? Even, didn't even get a good stick. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's a soliloquy. Mm. So oh, I see. <laughs> Do you know oh, what that is? Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Um, Anurag Mishra writes in. Oh yeah. Uh, and says, uh, do you think Rohit Sharma opening batting in tests will work out outside of Asia? Mm-hmm. And yes, I am your only listener in India, which proves you have indeed cracked the Indian market. We seem to get the message, I am your only Indian listener weekly at the moment, <laughs> it seems. Um, yeah, I, I think Anurag uh, Mishra there, I appreciate his question. Um, not quite the right tone of Ask TJC, because he's asked for a serious cricket question. Um, Rohit, Yet you've... you've- Included it, not throw it under the bus. I've so. included it yeah. um, because I I like the the idea of us cracking the Indian market. Basically, right. yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a business play. Well, this is what happens in India, though, right? Like uh, what happens but, in India? Well, um, they are spins demolishing. Yeah, uh, let's just lean on stereotypes. If it coldly. seems it spins, they are. <laughs> uh, they're obviously scoring thousands of runs against South Africa and and yeah. breaking numerous records. I saw they broke the record for like the most sixes hit in a. Test series the other day, really? forty-seven sixes, <laughs> wow. or something. Yeah. But Rohit Sharma, like now, he's seeing stats pop up, just saying like, oh, he actually averages more at home than Bradman did. He's ninety-nine, Bradman was ninety-eight, or whatever. And yeah. You like the reflex in you wants to get, what does he average away from home, champ? Um, <laughs> which is my problem. That's uh, I thought, that, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, what do you what do you say? Like Rohit Sharma, good player. Um, what? Yeah, he's will good. it will it work outside of Azure? It probably won't work as well as it does at home. Yeah. But what's new? You know, yeah. In cricket, everyone's better at home. Look at David Warner. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like is, uh, when, when will India have to branch out when it's too hot to play cricket in India because of global warming. And like Bangladesh is underwater, for instance. 160 million mm. people live there. Where, mm. are they, where are they going to relocate to? It's a mass migration issue. Have Naomi Klein's since? written a really good book called On Fire and the, um, yeah. the impact of the Green New Deal and why it should be embraced. So okay. I just encourage people to... Yeah. So Rohit, if he wants a future in test cricket, mm. is what I'm saying, he's going to have to learn to play the gabba. Mm. Get off the front dog, mate. Stephen James writes in. I'll just take this because it's timed better that way. Lads, I've gone to a new club to try and reinvent myself as a batter. However, due to general lack of talent in prior seasons, the my cricket stats are pretty average. Mm-hmm. I've been thrown into the fives where I don't bowl and bat eight. I've got a stick la- I got a stick last week and hit a rough 30 odds, 17 off 19, mm-hmm. to be the third highest scorer in a losing side. I'm ticking all the boxes. However, did cha- it didn't change anything this week, and I was stuck down the order as we cruised to an easy win. My question is this. To go up the grades or even up the order, should I commit my entire being to the gym, get a superb trim for my 
my salad and put my name down in the first grade net for a stick at training. Appreciate the feedback, fellas, as I feel my career is at a crossroads and I don't know what to do. That's Stephen James. My mates um, who still play cricket had one of the grimmest Saturdays I've ever heard in my entire life last week. They got bowled out for like 150 or something in the first week. Day two, they come back. The team chasing like already won for 40. They took two wickets and the team got them three down. The game was over at T. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you still playing? He, he was so... Can I ask, did, did they bat on? They didn't bat on. They, they oh, called well, it a T. Well, that's helpful. They called it a T. Because that's when it gets really problematic. Because one of the upsides of finishing at T, yeah. as being part of the losing side, which yeah. I was part of many, mm. is like when they're three for 110, you're like, this is nearly over. You beauty. Like yeah. we're getting off at 3.30. Yeah. And then when they mm. decide to bat on, you're mm. like... Oh, well, in, in certain sides I was in, in first grade, they sat down on the ground, <laughs> started bowling with their opposite hand. Yeah. 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 We won the spirit of cricket that year. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that a bit of a misnomer of just like, oh, we get to knock off early? First of all, like the best part about cricket is when you don't play. Oh, it's a washout. Don't, mm. don't play this week. Don't have to deal with the anxiety of my performances. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's your favourite part about cricket. But like what you've already committed the entire Saturday to the game. So if you finish at 3.30, it makes no difference because you're going to stick around and have a couple of beers after the game anyway. Mm. And then even if, if you're playing an away game, you're probably an hour, an hour away from home. So you're not going to get home until 5.30 anyway. It's actually not any earlier. Mm. Yeah, You might as well actually just stay. And you'll have pressure from prison. people to go back to the club yeah. where other grades haven't finished at yeah, 5.00. Yeah. So let's wait around yeah. because, uh, you know, Forza could win. Oh, fives are down the road. They're, they're yeah. two weeks away from which Are they? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Let's go have a look. Let's go yeah. support them on, boys. Yeah. No, I'd rather go out with my mates. <laughs> <laughs> Check notifications. Yeah. No notifications. Yeah, let's go. Should we go? Should we carpool? Uh, uh, so, Stephen's question. Um, well, I don't really know why he's playing because he's not, he, not going to get any better. I can't remember if I've told this story before, Pez, but I was, I've said to you recently a couple of times that, like, it was like my second last year and I got bowled by someone and then the guy managing the team was just like, mate, your eyes are gone. <laughs> so good, fucking 29 so good. 29 my yeah. eyes have gone yeah they're gone mate. where have they gone mm. I just I missed a full toss you know it happens yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, because I was in Sydney on Saturday for Dave's wedding yeah. I, um, I've got no problem saying this I'm trying to reconcile my relationship with the game at the moment and I stopped by second grade north second grade to catch up with an old well, my old skipper. He just happened to be there. And he was, no, he was, they were batting. You and, went um, to watch and he well, just happened to be there. Well, it was one of those there. things where actually like. You're I, the great I, cricketer. I, I, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, I like, it was actually brought back memories because I like woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, I hope they're batting. Uh, and then like I had yeah. to look, like I checked on my cricket. Oh, they're batting if they want to toss on them going on I was Twitter. Alive. Before we get the, um, like before I got the plane. Because I'm like, well, if they're bowling, then I'm not going to be able to see them because yeah. they're on the field. Yeah. It just reminded me of all those times mm. where like you were trying to line someone up to come and watch you play cricket. And then oh, you're, you go into God, bat and then yeah. you're like, oh, they're here yet. And then yeah. the worst is that you'd get out, then they turn up. Like you'd be mates who don't really know cricket. Like. You're already out, mate. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so when um saw him and as I was watching it, mm. I was like, I was like, oh, I could do this. And then like you yeah. look closer, like, no, I couldn't. Yeah, I absolutely couldn't yeah. do this. Your eyes are gone. The eyes are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? Mm. Um, not sure we answered Steve's question there. We just nah. just spoke about ourselves for ten minutes. Um, next one, Ethan Gladman. Yeah, last one. Last one, uh, and we appreciate all the ones that have come in, but do send them in uh, a, a, as ever because um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Ethan says, hey, lads, need a few bits of advice. But first, here's a little insight into the backstory of my battle with identity crisis and my searching and longing for acceptance and success. Mm -hmm. When I was 14, I played cricket in England. Although telling people I got selected, I just paid a lot of money, so they took me. 
I, I had some success. I batted four and scored 101 not out against an under-15s third 11, albeit in a warm-up match, so it didn't actually count towards anything. It was the peak of my career, and I've been living off the back of that success since then, having no Australian success, success to show, with my top score being 53 in third grade. After my ton, I decided I'd travel the world playing cricket for Australia, and I was sure of this. I loved this beautiful game and was planning to move to England to explore my options of English heritage and upon and open up the options of playing for England or Australia. Now, though I am 18 years old and through years of failure, I now hate the game. I still, I still play because I am seen as a player of promise because of my ability in the nets, but I still am yet to show anything on the field. Because of my net ability, I played second grade all last year. I was indeed batting eight and not bowling but I must be a good bloke to stay on the side because I wasn't scoring runs and it definitely wasn't my rig or salad. Anyway, I have nothing to show for that season with a top score of 12. Fuck me. I've been trying desperately to fill the void of that 100 all those years ago, even if it was scoring a, uh, an Australian second grade 40-odd and hearing the words, well batted, mate, from the first grade captain back at the club that night who otherwise wouldn't know my name. But, there's, but here's my chance to fix everything. I've dislocated my knee three times in the last two years, including earlier this year, and I should be right to go back to cricket. Approaching the upcoming season, I'm telling the boys I'm 50-50 about playing and my knee is still a bit tender just to hear a few words of sympathy and get the feeling of someone caring for me again since dad stopped coming to my games. So I guess my question is, do I quit now and tell my future wife and kids I would have went pro if my knee injuries didn't stop me? With my 100 in England and under-16s rep gear is proof of this because they wouldn't know any better? Or do I go around again and hope that this year is actually my year, even though I've been saying that every year since my trip to England would be my year? I'm 18 years old and should be enjoying my Saturdays with my mates, but there's something about cricket that, is, that has this grip on me. To be completely honest, I found more satisfaction and purpose writing this message than I have got playing this shitty game for the last few years. So I'm looking for a way out, using my knees as an excuse, but I know if I don't play... I'll be even more lost than what I than I would be if I was standing at fine leg every Saturday wondering what the hell I was doing with my life. So my next question is, if I don't play, what will I do with my Saturdays? Cheers, boys. Let me know what you think. Hashtag ICGC. Well, he really hit all the bingo words there, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one more than many, uh, like, had a real dear diary feel. Like I was thinking, oh, he's he's actually just exacting therapy on himself yeah, through this yeah, writing, through and then a Facebook he, comment. he recognizes that hmm. uh, in the final paragraph. It's the age-old question, really, isn't it? Like, what what void am I feeling? Why am I trying to uh, satisfy some kind of uh, like high that I had as a child, where I thought I was quite good at cricket, and now I'm realizing rationally that I'm not? Why do I still do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd be remiss of me to like. You like you have to find you have to come up with an answer yourself, you know. I've got an and let me say it, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like as a thirty-four-year-old, I'm now semi-entertaining. Like I'm not saying I'm going back to playing cricket. Seems like you are. Yeah, well, I'm not. That's why I use those English <laughs> words. Have that that meaning. It's more broadly reconciling my relationship with the game. You know, like trying to yeah. like not necessarily say that like you know it's uncool. Yeah. To uh, to like cricket, yeah. Like oh, I'm going to try and love cricket again. Pez, when you were 18, did you have the existential thought of like, should I keep playing? No, nah, I thought I was going to go all the way. Yeah. So like, so he's so he's coming to a realization early, and like the question of like, what am I going to do with my Saturdays? 18, 18. What do you, what do you do with every Saturday for the rest of your life? It's going to be amazing. You got your best years ahead of you. But like, that's the answer. Like he already knows that he's not going to make it. He's written it. He's, he, he has a inner belief in himself that he knows 
he has an inner belief that he knows he's not going to make it. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, is, you know, this is, isn't this a question though? Like, what, like, why do you play? Why? Why? Yeah. What's it about? Yeah, yeah. That's what this account is. Yeah. Why? Why? That if you summed up in one word, yeah. it'd be why. Yeah. Which would be a t-shirt. Just a big mm. question mark. Yeah. Why do I do this? Why? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it may be just, yeah, I'm just going to like, even if it is, well, I have identity issues and I'm trying to attain a high that I never had before. It's basically a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you're just trying to do more and more and more to, mm-hmm. to get that first mm-hmm. one. As long as you're aware of that, mm-hmm. then you just do it. And and you grieve and you go through the pain of it and that's life. It's just a great roller coaster. It's a nihilistic kind of thing. You're yeah. like, you know, not everything has to be a high all the time. Yeah. There's, you know, like life on the other side of cricket. Yeah, is it all it's made out to be, you know? Beach, rig out, friends with women and men, yep. <laughs> you know, nice drinks, yep. uh, career prospects, relationships, books, mm. other interests. Is mm. that necessarily, you know... Uh, is that better? Is that yeah. better? Is that you better? Know, only you can answer that. I'll answer that one as well. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a great place to finish at the very start of this summer. Uh, there's only about 20 more of these to go, mm. plus all our other projects. So, uh, yeah, greatcareers.club if you're interested in getting tickets or whatever. Uh, you know, that's where to find us. All right, we'll see you next week on the Great Cricketer Podcast.